Welcome to Wednesday Evening Chapel. Glad you're here. We are glad that you're here. Thank you. We're glad that you made it. Before we begin, I'd like to take some time and introduce a couple of people that are here with us tonight. First, I would like for us to uh, welcome all our students. If you're a student here at Nazarene Bible College, I would like for you to stand. Could you please stand? All our students, if you're a student, let's welcome them here tonight. Students, welcome. Every day we get a chance to share a little bit of campus space and also online space with men and women who are in the process of saying yes to God. Amen? Amen. So we welcome you. And there's some people that make that possible, and we like to acknowledge the staff as well. Staff, if you're a staff uh, in one way or another here at Nazarene Bible College, would you please stand as well? A staff of... All the staff, we'd like to welcome you. <laughs> staff, you are very important, and we uh, are so thankful. And, and they help our faculty and to do things that our faculty that are not able to do. So I would like for us to welcome our faculty. Faculty, if you're here tonight, could you please stand as well? It's not, it's not very often that we get all the members of our cabinet and administrators here for chapel at the same time. So uh, cabinet uh, administrators, if you're here, gentlemen, would you please stand? We would like to welcome you as well. And finally, uh, the people that um, give us support daily and annually, uh, the members of the Board of Trustees and your spouses. Would you please stand as well? We would like to welcome you. It is important for us to know that these men and women give up their time and their support believing in, in Nazarene Bible College and we we would like to say thank you and thank you for your guidance and your support and direction for here, for us here at Nazarene Bible College. So staff, students, faculty, could we welcome them one more time? The Board of Trustees, we welcome you. Thank you. We are here in the process of understanding what it means to trust in the Lord. Amen. And members of the board, every before our chapel, we, we, we begin with our theme. And this semester, our tri this trimester, our theme is to trust and to lean not on your own understanding. So if you would please stand this evening as we begin our, our um, chapel time together with our theme. Let us all say it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Amen. Let us sing together of our great God in whom we place our trust. Good evening. Wow, what a beautiful sight. Welcome to this evening's service. We have something that will be read at this time from the Board of Trustees. And uh, I want you to listen. It is an effort for us. It is an effort from us to try to say to our president how much we appreciate him. Would you join me, Dr. David McClung? Our treasure is going to come at this time. And would you join us as we say to our president how much we love him? The Board of Trustees joins in grateful acknowledgement of the dedicated service of our President, Dr. Harold Graves. We recognize his servant heart, his godly leadership, and the stewardship of ministry that has led him to accept God's calling on his life in, 
this juncture to be in the service of Nazarene Bible College. His devotion to God and this institution is evident in his daily lives. We commend him and express to God our gratitude for his servant leadership. I'd like to present to you Dr. Harold Graves. Wow, thank you so much. First guy who spoke tonight was Dr. Rogers, Roy Rogers, the district superintendent of the Georgia district and the chairman of the board of trustees. And it's just a joy to, to welcome the trustees to campus. Isn't it great to have them in chapel tonight? Haven't you enjoyed that? You know, uh, before I dig into this, I have some other special people here tonight. And that lady back in the back chasing the two kids is my daughter, Rebecca. And the two boys back there are my grandsons, Ethan and Graham. They heard Pap was getting ready to speak, and they asked for permission to leave. <laughs> and now they have left. Uh, some of you students have met my wife, but Cheryl, would you stand? Uh, I appreciate her so very much. It's been our joy to have Ethan and Graham with us for about seven days now. And uh, Nan is kind of worn to the bone. But uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for a basement with a nice bed, because that's where I've been sleeping the last six <laughs> nights. When I read the story of the men chosen from the 12 tribes of Israel to explore the land of Cana, I wonder on which side I would have landed. You know the story well, how, how Moses sent them to explore Canaan and to see what the land was like and whether the people who lived there were strong or weak, few or many. Moses wanted to know what kind of land they lived in. Was it good or bad? What kind of towns did they live in? Were they unwalled or fortified? Was the soil fertile or poor? Are there trees on it or not? And then he said to them, do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. So the spies went up and explored the land and at the end of 40 days they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community and reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Robert, Ronald Allen in the Expositor's Bible Commentary commented on this passage by saying, the first portion of the report of the spies was truthful. The clear goodness of the land was offset in their eyes by the many and mighty people who dwelt there. Immediately after praising the land for its bounty, the spies lamented its people and cities. The size of the great cluster now became anonymous. No longer did it point to plenty, but to people. No longer to joy, but to fear. The cities were described as being inaccessible, impregnable. Have you ever wondered which side you would have taken? Certainly I would like to think that I would have sided with Caleb and Joshua. 
I mean, the land was flowing with opportunities. It was the land God had promised them. You will possess their land, the Lord said. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nations. But you see, so often our tendency is to side with the negative report. We hear the bad news, see the obstacles, and feel the frustrations of being this close to realizing the promise. But the promise is snatched away by the size of our fear. After all, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same when measured against the challenge. So we make our judgments, our decisions, based on our own self-image and worth. We minimize the potential and possibilities by our limited resources. We see the mountain as too high, the valley too low, and the river too wide. Yet I am moved by the words of Joshua. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Again, quoting Ronald Allen, he says, Joshua and Caleb presents the posture of faith. It is still possible to gain the land and enjoy its fruit. The only thing necessary is that the Lord is pleased with us. The Hebrew verb, which I'll not attempt to pronounce with Dr. King in here tonight, means to be pleased with, to enjoy, to smile over. It's one of the rich verbs expressive of the relationship God desires with his people. The biblical view is not that of an angry deity smoldering with rage, nastily looking for yet another miserable wretch to sap from on high. Biblical faith believes in the great grace of God, the Lord of mercy who desires to smile over his people. You see, the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. It is the promise of the ever-abiding presence of our Lord that renews our faith and restores our hope. Chairman Rogers and members of the Board of Trustees, faculty, staff, students, and friends of Nazarene Bible College, it is in this spirit that I offer my sixth report as president of Nazarene Bible College. This year, we have seen the hand of God at work in so many different ways. I reported last year that the first crucial aspect for our future was the self-study, peer visit, and continued accreditation with the Higher Learning Commission of the North Central Association of Colleges and Schools. Under the experienced and efficient leadership of Dr. Gary Streit, Vice President for Academic Affairs. Our self-study was submitted to the Commission on April the 8th, 2011. The self-study was a comprehensive evaluation of the five major criteria of accreditation. Mission and integrity, preparing for the future, student learning and effective teaching, acquisition, discovery and application of knowledge and engagement and service. The HLC peer team was on our campus May the 23rd through the 25th of 2011 for their comprehensive visit. They evaluated the college to ascertain the extent to which it fulfills the criteria for accreditation. In July, we received the draft version of the team report of a comprehensive evaluation visit. In the assurance section, the team concluded by saying, the 2011 HLC team examined and confirmed hard evidence 
that the Nazarene Bible College has addressed the stated challenges of the 2005 H HLC team and complies with the current five Higher Learning Commission criteria for accreditation. In addition, the team confirms that it has reviewed sufficient evidence to conclude that the college may continue to comply with the HLC criteria for accreditation in its next recommended term of accreditation. The team then recommended to the Higher Learning Commission that the next comprehensive visit would be in the academic year 2020-2021. This is the maximum time allowed for continued accreditation by HLC. I say praise God. Special appreciation is in order for the leadership of Dr. Gary Streit in guiding us through this process with such professionalism and proficiency. I am uncertain of the continued accreditation outcome had it not been for the experience and expertise of Dr. Streit. It is also appropriate to recognize Mrs. Marcia Ott, administrative assistant to Dr. Streit, for her important role in preparing for the self-study and the team visit. I would like for Dr. Stripe and Marsha, if you're in here, would you please stand so we can acknowledge you? Thank you. There are really so many people who deserve recognition for their part in the self-study and the team visit process. Time does not permit me to mention by name the faculty, staff, students and alumni who were an integral part of the accreditation process. I would like to thank trustees who made the trip to Colorado Springs for the team visit. Dr. Roy Rogers, our chairman, Dr. David McClung, our treasurer, and Dr. Gay Leonard. Would you please stand so we can thank you for coming and being a part of that. While we celebrate this outstanding report, you know, we cautiously await official notification from the Higher Learning Commission, which we should receive sometime in late fall. And uh, then, when we receive that official notification, we can make a, a public, and this is really not a public disclosure. This is just family getting together, talking about it. But this I know, the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. The past three years have been most challenging financially for the college. You will recall that the 2008 audit revealed a critical deficit of $1.5 million. A thorough analysis of our budget exposed trends in operational deficits, reductions in denominational support, the impact of a volatile market on our investments, and the underfunded status of our defined pension plan. Last year, we reported a positive balance in both operations and non-operations. I am pleased to report to you that by the grace of God, we finished this year with a black audit. Our net assets increased by $478,000 from $7.9 million to $8.4 million. The operational budget had a positive balance of $432,000, nearly $433,000, with a total income of $6,002,000, nearly $6,003,000, and total expenses of $5,800,000. Additionally, the defined benefit liability was decreased by $413,000, from $3,000,000 to $2,600,000. We are indebted to Mr. Mike Arambidi, Vice President for Finance, and Mrs. Shirley Cadle, Director of Financial Services, for their capable management of the budget. In addition, we are most thankful for the leadership of the Cabinet and the support of the faculty and staff as we work together as a team to make this report a reality. I would like for Mr. Arambidi and uh, Shirley, if you're here tonight, would you please stand so that we can thank you for your work. Uh, just hold it on that slide a minute, uh, Vic. 
you know, we can blow through these numbers and really miss what I just said. Uh, what has happened in the last two years is nothing short of remarkable. Now, if you have a $20 million budget, maybe turning around a half, a million and a half is not so significant. But when you're working with a $6.2 million budget and you have the turnaround that we have experienced in the last two years, it says something very important about this institution and the people who work here day after day. And I want you to know, staff, faculty, every person has had an integral part in making this happen and making it a reality. Now, is it all behind us and we go forward? No, we still have some, we still have some challenges before us. But this I know, the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. In January 2011, Dr. David Phillips, Vice President for Online Academic Service and Institutional Technology, announced he would be taking a position at Trevecca Nazarene University. We were saddened to see Dave go. Thirteen years, he birthed the online program here, developed it from a baby into the adult that it has become. We hated to see him go. We blessed him as he took this new assignment at Trevecca Nazarene University, thanking him for his years of faithful service to the college. Uh, Stephen McGee, a longtime uh, employee in the online department, in fact, the online department manager, and Angela Wetmore, the D-Course web manager, chose to join him at TNU and as they start their online program. Obviously, he don't even need for me to say this, these were key people to lose anytime, anytime. But in the midst of our review for continued accreditation, it was just magnified. In February, Dr. Alan Light was appointed Dean of Online Education. By the grace of God, we have moved forward under his capable leadership. Dr. Like is building on the foundation established by the innovative leadership of Dr. Phillips. Um, let me just mention one thing, and I, I really don't have this in my report. Hold it on this slide here, Vic, again. I see Fred Phillips here tonight. Um, Dr. Strike reported that when the uh, HLC team came and they heard we had our own uh, uh, student management, uh, I don't know what we call it, D-Course Web. What is the technical word for that? It, Learning management system. Isn't it nice to have people that know what they're talking about around you? <laughs> anyway, they came with skepticism. When they went down and looked at our system and interviewed Fred and his team, they came out just simply amazed. They said this system rivals any on the market, blackboard any on the market. And they are constantly staying on top of things. And, and we just have a new thing that's being introduced uh, right away. And, and Fred, would you stand? I would like to thank you for your leadership of our Chief <laughs> Information Officer. It's just amazing. Can I tell you, those guys are amazing down there. I had a nook, a color nook. I went down there, and now I got one of these iPads, and you know, I can do everything on an iPad. And one of the guys down there said, hey, I can make that nook one of those, what they call it, Android tablets. I said, what? He said, yeah, I can, I can make that into an Android tablet. I said, well, go at it. And he converted that nook color reader into an Android tablet. How they do it, I don't never know. It's way over my head, but I sure enjoy what they do. <laughs> when I approached Dr. Strite about the position of Vice President uh, of Academic Affairs, I asked him to review and reshape the re-engineered academic structure. The self-study report stated, 
While there is common agreement that the college is committed to quality assurance of all NBC academic program by the end of the 2010 fall term, the new academic vice president, along with the current department heads, had come to realize that the recently adopted academic structure, while sound in theory, is not practical for a college of this size and is not necessary for the appropriate level of academic oversight to ensure such quality. The decision has been made to drop the academic department structure and the beginning in the fall of 2011, all program directors will report directly to the Vice President for Academic Affairs, thus eliminating one level of administration. They will, as part of their administrative responsibilities, give consistent attention to the qualitative issues for the various courses and the programs they oversee. Now, I can tell you that was, that was a great undertaking for Dr. Stride in the midst of self-study and strategic plan, but I, I'm pleased to announce that that is in place. It was in place for the fall of this year and for the contract season. In response to the decision to change the academic department structure, we redefined the cabinet responsibilities as follows. The Vice President for Online Academic Services has been changed to the Dean of Online Education and reports directly to the Vice President for Academic Affairs. The Campus Academic Services Office has been changed to the Marketing and Recruitment Office with Dr. Jayot serving as Vice President for Marketing and Recruitment. The Vice President of Marketing and Recruitment is responsible for providing vision, comprehensive leadership, effective planning, program development, budget oversight, data analysis, and institutional coordination for the marketing and recruiting functions of the school. During these days of transition, the Lord has been with us. In the fall of 2009, the college reported an enrollment of 636 in degree programs. Of that number, 472 were online and 164 were campus students. In the fall of 2010, the college reported 438 online students enrolled in a degree program and 155 campus students for a total enrollment of 593. This fall, 2011, we were reporting 373 online degree-seeking students and 131 on campus for a total of 505. These numbers only reflect degree-seeking students. We should keep in mind that the college offers classes for credentialing in the Church of the Nazarene through the Ministry Preparation Program and the Alliance for Ministry Education. In 2009, we had 361 students enrolled in MPP classes. In 2010, we had 356, and in 2011, 360. The AME will average about 600 a year. This adds an additional 900 to 1,000 people who are being influenced and prepared for ministry through Nazarene Bible College. But the three-year trend in degree-seeking students is cause for concern and critical evaluation. The 2009 enrollment of 636 was the largest enrollment since 1978 and the most since the college offered the four-year baccalaureate degree. The college had experienced three consecutive years of growth before the downturn last year. Now, truthfully, it is difficult to pinpoint exactly what has impacted our enrollment the past two years. A recent article in the Chronicle of Higher Education highlights enrollment trends in non-traditional uh, for-profit colleges. In fact, in the article, Enrollments Plunge at Many For-Profit Colleges, we read, Enrollment at many for-profit colleges has fallen sharply in recent months, a reflection of a weak economy and increased scrutiny of the sector. New student enrollment declined an average of 14% this quarter at 10 of the biggest for-profit educators. Industry leaders say that the enrollment dip is part of a natural readjustment after a long stretch of double-digit increases and they remain optimistic about expanding given their relatively small market share in higher education. Some of the largest companies have suffered the most. The Apollo Group, which owns the University of Phoenix, saw its new student enrollment fall 40% in the third quarter that ended May 31st. In the past year, total enrollment has fallen 30% at Kaplan University and Kaplan higher education campuses. Now, I realize that since NBC is a non-for-profit religious-based college, the similarities we share with 
the four prophets and universities are, are, are very few. Nevertheless, I would suggest the uncertain economy, stiffer competition, financial constraints, and record graduating classes the past two years have negatively impacted our enrollment. Marketing Nazarene Bible College and recruiting new students is priority number one as we plan for the future. It must drive us. And this I know, the Lord is with us. So do not be afraid. In my last report to the Board of Trustees, I stated that the self-study had real, revealed a weakness in, in our strategic planning. In the institution's earliest days, the college out of necessity at times seemed to be building the engine while driving the car. Facilities were being built while classes were being conducted around them. A faculty was being recruited without reliable indicators of how many might be needed. And resources were being sought with, a never, with never a doubt but that they would be needed. Formal planning, however, has been a more recent undertaking at the college. In 1996, uh, a planning document prepared for the college's accreditation reaffirmation with the Accrediting Association of Bible Colleges, which is now the Association for Biblical Higher Education, along with subsequent yearly strategic planning documents give evidence of the institution's intentionality to plan for the future. These single-year efforts eventually gave way to a five-year rolling concept with the most recent document projected for years 2006 through 11. While planning structures have been in place and the processes for developing those structures have, structures have been helpful for a number of years, the college continues to seek the most effective planning approach that not only makes sense for the institution today, but also informs in significant ways decision-making within the school. Upon the appointment of Dr. Strite, I made it clear to the NBC community that focused attention into strategic planning would be an institutional priority and the, that the initiative would be led by the academic dean. During early summer 2010, Dr. Strite appointed Professor David Church, Director of the Leadership and Ethics Program, as Planning Coordinator. Professor Church brings to his assignment a 30-plus year, 30 year career at General Motors, where he was significantly involved in major planning initiatives, both domestically and in South America and the Pacific Rim. His charge was to give leadership to the President's Cabinet and others in identifying a more simplified planning process for the college that would net attainable institutional goals for the next three years, along with the particular strategies needed to accomplish them. So I am pleased to present to you tonight the Nazarene Bible College Strategic Plan for 2011 through 2015. The strategic plan is intended to be a living document informing priorities for the present and constructing a path for the future. It is not all-inclusive and continues to be a work in progress. The strategic plan is composed of three themes. Each theme is informed by a statement of vision and strategic object objectives. Theme one is minding the mission while telling the NBC story. The vision statement says Nazarene Bible College will express the institution's extraordinary mission to her constituents by telling the college's story through creative and missional agencies. The strategic object objectives include, one, to stimulate NBC's Nazarene and parachurch relationships that allow for collaboration toward common goals. Two, to enhance the college's visibility in the community by promoting conferences, seminars, and other significant gatherings on campus. Three, develop an agile, an expansive and consolidated marketing plan which includes a memorable brand for telling the NBC story. And then finally, crea create innovative strategies for communication through the college's webpage. 
Theme two is cultivating the dynamic teaching, cultivating dynamic teaching and learning. The vision statement says, Nazarene Bible College will be an institution that is committed to building and engaging and challenging teaching, learning environment grounded on the college's mission and educational goals. The strategic objectives are to design academic organizational structures and support systems that are effective and efficient in promoting the best teaching and learning practices for the adult learner. Two, to utilize student learning assessments and program reviews to strengthen high-quality, mission-driven academic programs for all Nazarene Bible College students, both residential and online. Three, to strengthen a welcoming campus environment that supports diversity in order to recruit and retain appropriate faculty, staff, and students so that the college can help equip the ministry of an increasingly diverse denomination. And four, continue to meet the requirements for regional specialized accreditation and approval reviews. Now, the truth is, under all of these that I've read so far, there are initiatives. Uh, these initiatives truly are, are in process. Uh, we're, we're still working through those and, and they will become part of the living document. Some will be changed, some will be added. But we wanted you to see the, the vision and the strategic objectives tonight. Theme, theme three is seek growth opportunities through expanded academic offerings and the establishment of appropriate financial benchmarks. The vision statement says, Nazarene Bible College will pursue opportunities to increase both enrollment and financial resources in order for the institution to maximize its potential for preparing women and men to minister in the church and the marketplace. The objectives, to increase the curricular and extracurricular pipelines that enable the college to serve the optimum number of students. Two, develop the programs and services that will enable the college to effectively and efficiently educate a sufficient number of students to attain the following enrollment goals by 2014-2015 academic year. Campus full-time equivalent enrollment of 175 students. Online full-time equivalent enrollment of 400 students for a total billable hours of 13,800. Three, to ensure the college has sufficient financial resources to enable the achievement of its mission and strategic vision by developing effective annual fundraising, alumni giving, donor development, and college endowment programs. Finally, to ensure the college maintains a solid financial foundation to achieve its mission and vision by practicing the good stewardship principles of functioning within a black operating budget and achieving an institutional com composite financial index of at least six. Well, I, I, I blew through those. I understand that, but these guys got to get back to class. They don't want me to go over time. They don't want to stay in here. They got to get back to class. Let me tell you, a lot of time and effort and work have, has gone into these uh, plans, and I'm, I'm so pleased that we're at this point and ready to go forward. I'd like to acknowledge Reverend David Church tonight. David, would you please stand? He has facilitated this, and we're so thankful for his leadership in this process. Thank you, David. Dr. Strite wrote this in the self-study. I think it's a wonderful statement. He wrote, the institution faces and will continue to face challenges, challenges that are as daunting as any in our history. In taking the long look back, such challenges have always peppered the NBC story, and more likely, always will. NBC's ability to respond to such will require of her a compelling mission, an inspiring faith, an unswerving optimism, courage, and yes, a plan.
Well, I want to wrap this thing up. I would be less than honest with you if I did not say tonight, there have been days and long nights in the past three years when it appeared the problems were stronger than we were, that a bad report was the norm, and that we seemed so limited in our resources. But I can witness before you tonight that it was in those moments that a prayer would be answered, a corner was turned, the obstacle was overcome, and hope was instilled. It was then that we were reassured that we were never alone, that in our weakness we found strength, for the Lord is with us. We do not need to be afraid. I debated a little bit about this next video I'm going to show. Um, in fact, I had it in the report, took it out of the report. Put it back in the report. Went over and talked to Brother Fred, and he said, well, you know, if you show that, you need to get some permissions. And I said, well, I'll just take it out of the report. But something in me just wouldn't let it go. And so I, I, I looked on YouTube and saw who uploaded the video. And I emailed them. And I did that yesterday. <laughs> you know the story of Derek Redmond and his Olympic story. And when you see it, you're going to remember some of it. But it was the way this one was formatted that captured me. So I contacted this organization. It was uploaded by Connie Lynn, a life mentor and author. Her company, Necessity for Failure, is a leadership development and life transformation organization. I emailed Connie asking her permission to show the video tonight. She responded to me, which shocked me that she responded within two hours of me sending this. And this is what she wrote. And with her permission, I read this to you. Yes, I would like that very much. I am delighted to share the message of hope, as that is one of my callings on my life. I believe in this message even more as my 21-year-old daughter died in a car accident last week. Everything happens for a reason, she writes. I know my daughter's life touched many. I am the luckiest woman alive to have had her for 21 years. And then she said, would you pray for my son Michael? He's 19. Connie may never see this, but now I know why God wouldn't let this video go.
As we go forward, we look for the opportunities, not the obstacles. I can tell you that the Father's with us. He's with us. I, I, over these last few years, I have seen that too much to doubt otherwise. So we're not going to, we're not going to focus on the obstacles, we're going to claim the opportunities. Because I believe, I really believe this. I mean, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night for this. I truly believe this. The prospects are promising. And the potential for being a vibrant and vital Bible college is as great today as it has ever been. And I'll say this in closing. The church needs us today more than she has ever needed us. You know that. 22% of the pastors in the Church of the Nazarene in the U.S. today were trained for ministry right through this college. And some of you are in this very room tonight. And let me tell you, that percentage is the lowest it's ever going to be. Because when I look at the thousands that we are preparing for ministry, I know God is with us. We do not need to be afraid. God bless you. Thank you, Mr. President. Wow. I feel like I take my shoes off. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I know that the board tomorrow will get written copies of this report, but it just seems to me, since we have students here with us and those who are involved with ministry to those students, that kind of be nice. If we said to our president, 
thank you for this wonderful report. And I think it would be appropriate if we voted to receive his report with a standing ovation and tell him again, in his difficult days, God was with him. In our difficult days, God will be with us. Amen. Would you join me in receiving this wonderful, positive report of our president? Lord, we thank you for your leadership, for sending us this man as our leader, our president, for sending individuals to us in those times when it was a little uncertain and a little frightening to those of us who were watching. But as our president has so beautifully emphasized this evening, in those trying moments, you were with us. We praise you. We praise you for a vision way back there in Portland when G.B. Williamson set in motion this great institution. We thank you for those who followed in his footsteps and who has led us to this point. And we pray now that the way that you bless them and the way that you have used this college would be not nothing but an example of what our future holds. Now go with us and may we be reminded in the days to come, God is with us. We thank you for that beautiful truth tonight, Jesus. In your name we pray. And all the people said, amen. Would Dr. and Mrs. Harold Graves, whom I've known for 30 years, go back there. What do you mean getting? Would you give them just a moment to get to the back? I want you to have the privilege of shaking their hands personally and tell them how much you love them. Would you guys run back there? Shake hands with two or three persons while they're going to the back. God bless you. 8.30 in the morning, guys. Okay?